Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Great and glorious are you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Holy and worthy and mighty are you, Lord Jesus. Father, I lift up every soul in this place right now, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, we can study and we can listen to preaching. and But, God, at the end of the day, you have to give us revelation. You have to open our understanding, God. And I pray for the understanding of your people today, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would lay aside our human intellect, that we would lay aside our <coughs> our perceived ability to quote-unquote, understand the things of God. Father, you said in the wor- your word that the things of God cannot be understood by the human mind. They can only be understood by your Spirit. They can only be revealed, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray for a spirit of revelation, O oh God, in this place, in the name of Jesus, that we would lay aside everything that we've been thinking about today that we could lay aside everything that we've been concerned about today, every care and every concern, Lord, that we could somehow lay it down, if we could somehow just turn off our brains, O oh God, for a few minutes, O oh God, that You, O oh God, that we could become like a conduit, Lord, that we could just open ourselves up to receive impartation from Your Spirit, Lord, wisdom and knowledge from Your Spirit, not from the words of a man, O oh God. My God, give me revelation and understanding. If there's revelation I don't have yet, God, I'm hungry for it. I'm striving. I want to know, Lord Jesus. We want to know tonight in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 So wonderful to be among God's people in this place that we call His house. Amen. And what did he say about his house? That his house shall be called a house of prayer. Now, it's okay with me if you want to pray while I'm up here speaking. I know of people that go and speak and their wives don't get to go to the event where, where these men are speaking and their wives will stay at home and fast and pray the entire time they're gone. Covering that man in prayer. I've heard people sitting in church services, just sitting in their pew, praying in tongues under their breath while the man's preaching. Why are they doing that? Maybe, maybe it's because they're trying to, they're reaching out to God and asking God. Maybe in their, because sometimes we don't know what we pray when we pray in tongues. But the Spirit prays through us. And maybe, just maybe, they're praying that God somehow opens somebody's eyes in this place. Open their ears in this place. And I don't ever, myself, don't want to ever get to the place where I feel like I've reached the level of revelation that's good enough for me. Because there's way more revelation out there than we could ever fathom in this natural life that we live on this. The Bible calls it that we are just but a vapor, just a puff, just that, that little fog in the morning that's gone before you know it. And it seems like just time drags on sometimes. <laughs> you just keep getting older, but to God, we're just a wisp. We're just a whisper in a moment of time. And so I want you and I want me and I want us to receive what God has for us, not just here tonight, but we want God to feed us. We're a sheep. What does a shepherd do? He leads the sheep to the good pastures. The shepherd doesn't feed the sheep. He just takes them to the pastures and the sheep, the sheep eat what's in the good pasture that the shepherd takes them to. Amen? And I'm not the shepherd. That's not what I'm saying. But let's feed on what God has for us tonight. Some of what I'm going to say you probably already know. But there's people in this room that maybe don't. 
There's people listening online that maybe don't. Amen. And so let's just see where God will take us tonight. Amen. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1 through 9. If you have your Bible and you want to give, I'll give you a minute to turn there. Whether you're turning there with your, poking your finger at your device or if you're flipping pages in a Bible, I'll give you a minute to get there. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1 through 9. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that you might do them in the land whether you go to possess it, that you might fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that you may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee. He's promised us something, hasn't he? We are, we are the children of Abraham by promise. In the land that floweth with milk and honey. Verse 4. Hear, O Israel. When he says hear, right there, what he's saying is stop and pay attention to what I'm about to say. It's important. Hear. Get, hear what I'm saying. Have you ever had anybody ever say that to you? Listen to what I'm telling you. In that kind of a tone of voice. This is important. Everybody shut up. You ever, you ever been in a classroom like that where they say, okay, put your pencils down. i got something important i got to say. This is one of those moments in the Bible. The Lord our God is one Lord. And he didn't stop there. There's a colon right there. Which means that what comes after the colon is going to expound on what came before the colon. I'm not an English major, but I do know that much. <laughs> And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might, with all thy human emotions, with all your human intellect, and with all of your human will. And where did all that come from? God gave it to you. If you have human emotions, if you have a human intellect, if you have a human will, there you didn't just get that on your own. God gave you that. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them up. Uh, Bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and thou shalt, they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. I want you to think about this all the time. Everywhere you go, everything you do. I want you to carry this with you. I want you to put it on your door front. I want you to put it on your back door. I want you to put it on the back window of your car. I want you to talk about it everywhere you go. I want this to be the thing that you think about more than anything else in the entire world. And that was just for the people of Israel when he wrote this, right? Who shook their head? Yes. Nobody. This is for us, folks. There's a note in the Complete Word Study Bible regarding Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. It says, To the Jew, this is the most important text in the Old Testament. Jesus himself called the injunction of Deuteronomy 6 and 5 the first and great commandment in Matthew 22, 36 through 38. The Jews refer to Deuteronomy 6 and 6, 4 as the, does anybody know this? The Shema or Shema. Naming it after the first word in the text. What was the first word? Hear. Listen. 
when Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, that was the same thing as saying, Listen, hear, what's coming next is important. In this instance, the word means to heed or listen and obey. Not just listen, but obey. Moses is teaching not only the priority of belief in one God, but also a means of to preserve that belief. To think about it every day. To talk about it everywhere you go. He just gave those people in that day revelation of who he was. And he was using a man of God to do it. And he was telling them, don't forget it. Don't stop thinking about it. Don't lay it down. Don't, don't just do it halfway tomorrow and a fourth of the way the next day. Because what's going to happen? Eventually, you're just going to forget about it. And that's exactly what happened with Israel. They did not remain diligent in their belief of the one true God. As time went on, the proper understanding of the Shema with the spiritual... Implications was no longer grasped by the people, Zechariah 7, 12-14, James 1, 22-25. This absence of saving knowledge became a factor in their spiritual downfall. Wow. Is there going to be a spiritual downfall in our generation today? The Bible says there is. In the last days, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And in other places in the New Testament where it talks about there's going to be a great falling away. Falling away from what? What we all in this room claim to believe right now. There's going to be, not there might be, There's going to be a great falling away. And he doesn't specify or go into any great detail after that of who that might be. So that could potentially be anybody in this room. So their spiritual downfall ultimately led to their de- deportation of Israel into exile. Did that just happen in a vacuum? Did they just go into exile just just because it was just it just happened in air quotes? No. How in the world God had to let that happen, didn't he? He had to let that happen. Why did he let that happen? The same reason that I had to let a couple of my sons fall on their face with some things when I wanted to reach out and grab them and help them. I had to resist everything in me as a parent and let them fall on their face. Why? Because they weren't going to learn anything if I kept reaching out there and helping them for everything. Because life is a good teacher. Isn't it? I, I tell you what, I, I'm reading this book on the gift of failure. And this guy, I mean, he was a Secret Service agent. And he had numerous failures while he was a Secret Service agent for the president. And he talks about in this book how he, every time he had a failure, he learned something from it. And he said he wouldn't go back and not and, and have changed any of that. Because what he learned from those failures got him down the road to the next thing. And Israel learned from their failures and then they fell right into the same pattern over and over again. Why is that? Because they're flesh. They're human. Just like we are. If Israel was capable of falling, falling short of the glory of God, we are too. And if we even attempt to believe otherwise, that's a dangerous place. 
That's like saying, well, the devil will never tempt me anymore. Right. <laughs> Good luck with that. The devil ain't afraid of you. He ain't afraid to come and tempt you. He went and tempted Jesus himself. And he didn't just tempt him once. And he didn't just tempt him at any old time. He waited till he was fasting for 40 days. Tell me your flesh ain't weak when you fast. Because Jesus was just a man then. He, he was just the man of God robed in flesh. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God. Unto us a child is born. Y'all paying attention? I prayed that prayer at the beginning for a reason, because there's people in this room that might not understand that yet. And you need to ask God to help you to receive that impartation and that revelation. The, everla- the mighty God, the everlasting Father. A child is going to be the everlasting Father. The Prince, not a Prince of Peace, the Prince, the one, the one and only one Prince of Peace. And of the increase of His government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. Are we still in that forever part today? We absolutely are. It's forever is forever. It just keeps going like that lazy eight. I like it. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you don't know what a lazy eight is, ask pastor. <laughs> the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. James 1 and 5 says, If any man lack wisdom, and that word man there is humanity, that's not men. If anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. That doesn't mean you can't come and ask your pastor. But the first priority should be go and ask God first. This same God that giveth to all men liberally. Not just a little bit. He'll give it to you liberally. And it says here, and upbraideth not. He's not going to come down on you because you're bothering him with a question. That's what that upbraided means. He's not going to just say, eh, quit bothering me with these questions. That's what upbraiding is. Kind of like calling you out. He's not going to upbraid you for coming and asking him a question. And it shall be given to him. He desires to give us wisdom that comes from him. He wants to. Really bad. In 1983, I joined the Army. And that recruiter said, Ah, you don't want to be an air traffic controller. You want to be a telephone guy. And I said, What's that? And he told me, and I said, Okay. Sounds cool. I'll do that. So I went to basic training, became an Army soldier, and then I went to AIT and started learning my trade. Now, at that point, I didn't know what a resistor was from a capacitor. I didn't know beans about anything to do with telephone. So what do you, how do you think they trained me? Do you think they just threw me right into the high-end telephone switch training right off the bat? No, they didn't. I had to learn the basics. I had to learn what a resistor was. It's called basic electronics training. I had to learn what a capacitor was and how it worked. I had to learn what a transistor was and how it worked. I had to learn what AND gates and NAND gates and NOR gates and all this other logic circuits. I had to learn all this stuff first before I ever learned anything about telephone. Then I had to learn positive and negative, And I had to learn... Electrons and protons and neutrons. And I had to learn all this stuff. And they were building upon one thing after the other. 
I didn't just become a phone man like that. And I went through that for three or four months of nothing, just just over and over, just beating that stuff like like it needed to be beaten. And then all of a sudden one day we started getting into the classes about telephones, and it wasn't it didn't jump right in. It went to back to the basics of like Alexander Graham Bell kind of stuff, how it all works, and how a speaker works, and how how your voice is transmitted through a speaker and through the wire and all this kind of stuff. And there's some people I know that I went to school with that learned this trade, and they worked it for the four years they were in the Army. When they got out, they got as far away from this stuff as they could because it bored them to tears. But it didn't bore me to tears. I liked it. I'd always been like running around the house with a screwdriver, tightening all the screws on my mom and dad's plug plates and, and cracking them. <laughs> I was always wanting to fix something with a, with a tool. And so I was hungry. I wanted to know more. I, was, I really wanted to know, Michael. I, I really wanted to know. And that's why I still do that today. So what was that? I was hungry. The Bible says, They that do hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Be filled with what? Whatever it is you need. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. God, I don't understand this. When we were going to those classes, there was a lot of times student raised their hand and say, I don't understand what you mean. And the instructor would stop and explain it. Then <clears throat> there was stuff that, right off the bat, first time I heard it, I didn't understand it either. But by and by, I got it. Sometimes that's just how I learn. I got, I got to hear something about 15 times sometimes before it finally clicks. Uh, I'm hearing voices. Are y'all? <laughs> y'all hearing voices? That's right. <laughs> yes, Lord. <laughs> he has a female voice. Oh, it's that lady back there. Hallelujah. Matthew 5 and 6. Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. He wants to reveal himself to you. Brother Parker, when I got first got into this, I didn't understand this stuff. I mean, I was I struggled. I was there was times I thought maybe I need to just go back to my Catholicism. This stuff was getting deep. I mean, you know, they were saying some stuff that I had to really wrestle with. Every time I went home, it was like, man, I wish I could understand this stuff. Everybody else around me saying amen, but I ain't getting it, God. Nobody else but me prayed like that? I mean, y'all just received revelation automatically, right? I know. I'm just the only one, right? feel like the prophet. I'm the only one left, Lord. But one day, sitting there in my quarters on Camp Foster, the light came on of who Jesus really is. The one true God we just read about in Isaiah. It just, the light just came on. I don't I can't explain it. He just turned the light on. He had to turn the light on. Because there was no amount of studying or anything that I was going to do. I was reading it over and over and over and over again, and I wasn't getting it. Just like in those classes, and then the Lord just revealed that to me. And it wasn't long after that, He revealed the, the need and the necessity for me to be baptized in Jesus' name, not just baptized any old way. And the importance of that, and, and I'm going to give you a disclaimer right now. I'm just going to scratch the surface on this subject tonight, and I don't know that all there is to know about this subject. So we're just going to scratch the surface, but I'm leaving it up to you to have a hunger. Anybody remember when you were a baby, when you were born? Nope. I can tell you, every one of you in this room, something about yourself when you were born. Ready? Every last one of you in this room, when you were born, when you came out of that womb, you were hungry. You were hungry. Because now you didn't have that nourishment coming out of that umbilical cord anymore. You were hungry. You wanted something. 
And then when, when you were satisfied with that, about two hours later, you were hungry again. And then about two hours later, you were hungry again. And then two hours later, you were hungry again. <laughs> my mom told me stories about my dad when me and my twin brother were her first babies born. We had him in tears over being hungry all the time. And then after you're hungry a little while and you've been fed a bunch of times, some other stuff happens. <laughs> Anybody in here hungry today, tonight? So how do you fix that, Bob? You, no, hungry, like right here hungry. This hungry. You eat. Right? So if I'm hungry and I eat something, I go to bed tonight. I wake up, am I hungry again? Probably. Most people are, right? That's why they call it break fast. Most people, generally, my wife's not one of them. She doesn't wake up hungry. I wake up ravenous hungry. Just the way my body works. Am I going to eat something? Unless I'm purposely fasting or something, I'm going to go eat some breakfast. Right? And then by lunchtime, if I start feeling that, that little gurgling going on, like, okay, your stomach's saying, okay, feed me. Right? Right? Am I right? Biologically speaking, that's what happens. So we never stop feeding ourselves when we feel hungry, do we? No, we don't. And we're always, unless there's something wrong with us, we're always going to have hunger at some point in our life for food. So why can't we have that same fervency and urgency to have a hunger for the things of God? The people of Israel, when they lost their hunger and desire for the things of God, we just read it. They ended up in bondage. They ended up under somebody else's rule. I don't know about you, but I don't ever want to lose my hunger and my thirst and desire for the things of God. You know, when Moses went and saw the burning bush, and God gave him his marching orders, Mar- Moses asked God, what you, what, how, how do I tell the people who sent me? What do I say to them? And what was God's answer to him? I am that I am has sent me, is what he went and said to the people. I am that I am. Not I was, not I will be, I am. God is the self-existent one. There's never been a day, hour, minute, second, and God doesn't even operate in time, so He created time so we could understand Him. There's never been a second that God hasn't been God. He has always been. That's why He told Him, I am that I am. Zechariah 14, 1 through 9 says, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. I will gather all nations against Israel to battle. Ooh, that might maybe happening right now. Seems like it isn't, doesn't it? Hardly anybody wants to stand with Israel. And the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west, and there shall be a very great valley. Somebody important that we know went to the Mount of Olives, didn't he? Jesus, didn't he? Verse 6, and, as it, and it shall come to pass in that day that the, light shall not, that the light shall not be clear nor dark, but it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord, not day nor night, but it shall come to pass that at evening time it shall be light. And it shall be in that day that the living waters shall go out from Jerusalem, half of them toward the former sea and half of them toward the hinder sea. In summer and in winter shall it be, and the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day shall there be one Lord, 
and his name one. Isaiah 44, 24 through 26. Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, and he that formed thee from the womb. What does that word Lord mean? Let's just stop there for a minute. What is that capital L-O-R-D there? Why is it capital? Why, why do the translators capitalize that word? Because that word there, if you study it out, means it means four consonants in a row. Y-H-W-H. Which is Yahweh. And the Jews didn't even try. They didn't even. They they feared even saying the name of God. That's why they had to come up with some way of saying it without saying it. They revered it and reverenced it so much. I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, that spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. He didn't have any help. That frustrateth the tokens of the liars, and maketh the viners mad, and that turneth wise men backwards, and maketh their knowledge foolish. That confirmeth the word of his servant, and performeth the counsel of his messengers, that, hath, that saith to Jerusalem, Thou shalt be inhabited, and to the cities of Judah you shall be built, and I will raise up the decayed places thereof. Who are we talking about here? The one true mighty God. The same one we just talked about in Isaiah 9 and 6. That it said that a child would be born and a son would be given. And that the government would be upon his shoulders. And his name would be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. The Mighty God. The same Mighty God that we're talking about right here. Isaiah 45, 22 through 24. Look unto me and be saved. All the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is none else. There's not anybody sitting beside me. I'm here. I'm God. That's it. There is none else. I have sworn by myself. When you're all when you're God, there's nobody else to swear by, is there? And if if he swears by himself and doesn't keep his word that he swore by unto himself, then he ceases to become God, doesn't he? So God is, He understands who He is. We don't have to tell Him. I have sworn by myself, the word is gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return, that unto me every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear. Surely shall one say, in the Lord I have righteousness and strength. Even to Him shall men come, and that, and all that are incensed, Against him shall be ashamed. We're talking about the one true God tonight. This is important. It's important. I couldn't just make up my own stuff about the telecom industry. I had to follow the standards that they taught me. Because it only works one way. It does. And I am at the VA what is commonly known as a SME. That's an acronym. S-M-E. And it stands for Subject Matter Expert. And I hate that word, expert. Because <laughs> there's still stuff about it I feel like I don't know. But because I'm the only one in our crew that really knows it, to the level that I know it, I have been dubbed the SME for that. So I have to just humbly say, yeah, I am that guy. If you need answers, I'm the one you need to come to. And I don't know what they're going to do when I leave, but <laughs> better hurry up and train somebody. Because <laughs> it's going when I go. I'm not leaving it behind. <laughs> But we should desire to be a SME for the things of God. At least, maybe not an expert, but to the best of our ability, maybe? To strive to know all there is to know about God? 
and to never cease to be hungry for the things of God, the one true God that made us? When I was raised in Catholicism, I was always a little confused. I wouldn't have said it in those words when I was a kid, but I was. And when I'm telling you right now, when I found this, it was like everything became clear. And I understood why I was confused. Matter of fact, one day I said to God, because somebody read me a scripture, I think it's in Proverbs or somewhere, it says that God is not the author of confusion. He's not. And in my simpleton kind of mind at that time, I know I might be a simpleton now. I don't know. <laughs> By some people's standards, probably. But in my simple way at that time when I heard that, I went, wait a minute. God, I'm confused. And if you just said that, and that's in your book, and you're not the author of confusion, that if I'm confused, it's not your fault. And so God, I said, God, unconfuse me, please. That's what I said. Nobody was there. It was just me. Un- please unconfuse me, God. And when I prayed that prayer, I believe that God started answering that prayer from that day. Because it wasn't long. He took me through a little a path through the assemblies of God and kind of brought me in slowly. But boy, oh boy, when it when it when when it hit, there was no turning back, and there still isn't. Genesis two and seven says, "And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul." So everything that we are today is from Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. All wisdom belongs to Him. All power belongs to Him. John 1, 1 1-14 says this, In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was the Word, the Logos. And the Word was with God. And some of you could probably quote this. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Am I speaking Pastor Becker's words right now? No. Am I speaking my wife's words? No. Whose words am I speaking? Mine. They're coming out of my mouth, right? So God's words were coming out of His mouth. When He spoke this world into existence, He was using His words, as they say in school to the kids. Use your words. That's what God was doing. And all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. We're talking about God, right? Right? Correct? We're talking about God. Everybody agree? We are talking about God. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. And there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light. In God was life, right? He breathed into man the breath of life. He breathed into you the breath of life. You have breath in your body right now because of God giving it to you and allowing you to breathe His air every day. You're not even thinking about it right now, but your heart is beating at a regular pace and your lungs are working and you're breathing in and out while I'm speaking. And you're not even thinking about it because God is making that happen in your body. He was the light. He was that light, but was sent to bear witness. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of the light. John was. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world. Who are we talking about? 
God, right? We're still talking about God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We're still talking about God. Subject is God. It's starting to change over now. You were, you were on it. <laughs> he was in the world. Who was in the world? God was in the world. And the world was made by Him. He was in the world that was made by Him. And the world knew Him not. Some of the people in that day didn't know, didn't acknowledge who God was. They were chasing other gods that they created. Right? Molech and all kinds of stuff. They didn't know Him. He came unto His own. Now we're getting into that child to be born and son to be given stuff. He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. His very own people, the Jews, didn't even recognize Him. But as many as received Him, so there was some, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe upon His name which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You didn't will yourself into existence. You didn't decide to be born, did you? Jesus, the Bible says before I, that He knew us before we were in the womb. He already knew who we were. Personality, everything. Verse 14, And the Word who was God, who was with God, that same word at the beginning of this that we read, was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. How was He made flesh? Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. That man was prophesying of the birth of Jesus Christ. And he was telling us a lot about him. And the Jews had this in writing, and they still didn't recognize the Messiah when he came. John 10, 25-30 says, Jesus answered, and answered them and told I told you and you believe not. Not only was He born according to prophecy, not only did He come forth just like the Old Testament said He would. I won't, there's so many Scriptures I could, I could keep you here for three hours tonight. Isaiah 53. I mean, we could just go all over the place in the Old Testament and it talks about Jesus. Okay? But we're not going to do that. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. I'm not even taking credit for the works. That's what Jesus, the man, God robed in flesh, is saying. It's not me. It's Him doing it through me. Because He's living in me. Believe you not, because you're not of my, of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Who's talking? Jesus, right? He's telling them. No man's going to pluck them out of my hand. His Father gave them to him. He gave us to Jesus, and, we're God, and there's nobody going to come pluck us out of Jesus' hand, right? Then he says, My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Wait a minute. Is there a contradiction there? Absolutely not. We'll get into that here in a minute. Matter of fact, the very next verse says, I and my Father are one. Shazam! How about that? I and my Father are one. Now, he's, we're reading this in English, in King James English, but I don't know if it was exactly said that way in the Hebrew or the Greek. But whatever it was, however he said it, it really set them guys off. And he, you know, he kept telling them, 
he kept telling them he would come from this side and try to tell them who he was. And they didn't get it. So then he'd come over here to this side. And maybe if I come at them this way and tell them who I am, maybe they'll get it. And they didn't get it over here. So then he'd come over here in the middle and see if he could try to get it to them. And it was just like they, their head, their brains, were they were stoned. They couldn't get it. The hand of Jesus and the hand of Father are one and the same. Same hand. I and my Father are one. John 14, 1 through 11. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. That was the thing that got the, the religious people so fired up is because he kept telling them that he was God. And they just couldn't, they couldn't fathom it. They couldn't get it. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Not unto my Father, unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. And what do they say? Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? It's okay to ask God. God, how, do I, how can I know the way, God? Show me. And what happened right there when, when Thomas said to ask that question, Jesus didn't hesitate. He, he answered, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, it wasn't, Thomas had to ask a question, then Philip had to follow up with another question or a statement. Show us the Father and it suffices us. Okay. All right, Jesus, show us the Father. But you have to understand, these guys are, these are his disciples, his right-hand man, and he's trying to get them to understand and get revelation as to who he is. I don't ever want to not be hungry like that. I don't ever, you know, in the army they told us the only dumb question is the one you don't ask. There's no such thing as a dumb question. When they told me that, I was like, Hallelujah! <laughs> No more dumb questions for me, buddy. <laughs> Even my boss at work will say things like, well, this is the dumb question of the day because he's asking all us smart people. He doesn't have to know what we do. He just has to know that we know how to do what we do. So he'll say that. And it's like, yeah, we all ask dumb questions, don't we? You don't have to shake your head. You know you do. You know you do. You know you do. The Lord's here. He knows. Show us the Father, and it suffices us. He was asking for wisdom and understanding, wasn't he? Just help me understand it, God. Jesus, just help me understand what you're saying. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you? Been with you all this time, guys. And yet thou hast not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believe us not that I am in the Father and Father in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. I know Jesus is the Father. I know Jesus is the Son. I know Jesus is the Holy Ghost. And all these three are one. Hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> ah, I'm a one God apostolic. We won't go there. <laughs> ah, this is an exciting subject. But folks, we got to know. Can I just stop here and tell you, we have to know. And we, I don't ever want to get to the place where I, I, I know enough. God, I'll, I'll just be sitting over here until you come. All them people over there that don't know stuff. Revelation like I do, you go and help them, God. I'm good. I don't ever want to get to that place. I don't think you do either.
I'm good. That, that's a bad, I'm good. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Colossians 2 and 9. I know some of y'all been waiting for me to go here. Hallelujah. For in Him dwelleth all the... Fo- Who's Him? Who's Paul writing this letter to? The church in Colossae, right? He's talking about the one that he took. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ, right? So everything Paul's doing is he's following Christ. Everything he's writing about, he's following Christ. And he's telling us to follow me as I follow. Mimic me as I mimic. Right? In Him dwells all the fullness, the full measure, every attribute, and everything about God, of the Godhead, bodily. That's the deity, the divine power and majesty. It dwells in Jesus Christ, in that little man's body. Not all of God, because God inhabits all space and time, so you couldn't fit all of God in the human body. But you can fit every attribute of Him. You can fit His personality in there. You can fit His divinity in there. His deity in there. And ye are complete in Him. You, church, are complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power. Who is the head of all principality and power? Jesus Christ. So God gave up His principality and power to to the Son? No. No, He didn't. Matthew twenty-eight sixteen through eighteen. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And and when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. That's what I was saying earlier. There's some that are doubting, not because they just feel like they want to just be a Thomas and doubt, but there's some that that aren't where we are. And some of you hear me up here speaking, you think, my goodness, he must be a Bible scholar, and I'm sitting here going, I'm not even. This close to, I'm not anywhere near being a Bible scholar. But it has, I have grown in this over years and years of just following the Lord and just listening and letting Him add more and more revelation in my life and then not being satisfied with that level of revelation and saying, God, I want more. I mean, you, buffets are great. <laughs> and you can keep going back for more if you want, but your stomach's only this big. Right? Big as your fist. What the size of your stomach is? No. Stomach's not very big at all. But we keep stuffing stuff in there. (laughs) But I want to just keep stuffing Jesus in there. I want more. I want more. I want more. More, 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 more. Don't let me be satisfied. When they saw Him, they worshipped Him, but some doubted. And Jesus spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. It all belongs to Jesus. God manifested in the flesh. Oh, we were going to go to that scripture. And without controversy. First <laughs> Timothy 3.16. And if anybody wants my notes, it's mostly all scriptures. I'll be happy to give you a copy of them. If you want to study this, you're more than welcome to have them. They're not mine anyway. God gave them to me, so... Freely have received, freely give, right? I can't take credit for any of it because it belongs to Him. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. What is godliness? It's not holiness. It's God-towardness. It's reverence. It's piety toward God. That's what godliness is. Great is the mystery of godliness. Colon. Then he explains. God was manifest in the flesh. came down and he put himself in the body of a baby. Because who was the father of Mary's baby? The Holy Ghost. I didn't go to that scripture, but Mary was conceived of the Holy Ghost, not of a man. Joseph wasn't Jesus' father. The Holy Ghost. God was. God was manifest in the flesh. He said, I know how I can save my people. I'm going to come down in the form of a baby. 
and I'm going to go to a cross and save my people from their sin. It's exactly what he did. Justified in the Spirit, His deity. Seen of angels. The angels have been seeing Jesus since the foundation of the world. Because He was the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So in the plan of God, who sees everything from the end to the beginning, in God's plan, like like right now, our, our tomorrow is already a done deal in God's eyes. We haven't even woke up tomorrow yet. Uh, God already knows what the end of our day looks like tomorrow and next week and next month. And He knows the day of our birth and the day of our death. He doesn't lay that on us until right toward the end, does He? He knows the day of your death. And if we're still around, we must be here for a reason. He was seen of angels all through eternity. What did, the, what did the shepherds, when the, when the angels came down and spoke to the shepherds? They saw angels. The angels were telling them about who? Jesus. Right? He was preached unto the Gentiles. That's us, folks. We're not natural Jews. We're Gentiles. We're the ones that Paul went and preached to when the Jews wouldn't listen. He told them. He said, finally, you don't want to listen? I'm going to go preach to the Gentiles. And you know, that's what God told, that's what Jesus on that road told him. When Ananias went to his house, he said, you're going to go preach to the Gentiles. He already knew that. He was just waiting for God to say go to the Gentiles. He was believed on in the world. At the beginning of this, it's in great and mystery of godliness. God was. There's a lady back in Louisville. She's passed away now, but she told me, anybody ever in here ever Diagram sentences. Anybody even remember that? Diagramming sentences. You draw those little lines, and you draw a line this way, and you go <laughs> subject, predicate, and all that kind of stuff. This lady, God let her see the oneness of God in all of this because somebody sat down with her one day and diagrammed this scripture right here. And it blew her mind when she, because she was very smart, very, you know, like not an English major, but she liked learning that kind of stuff. And when she saw this broken down in a in a sentence like that, it just blew her mind. She saw it like that. So it's there, and you know, I can stand up here and talk for three hours about the oneness of God, but ultimately God's going to have to give it to you if you don't have that revelation already. I can't give it to you. Right? Everybody in here knows that. It's received that revelation. You understand what I'm saying? He was believed on in the world and he was re- God, it says, was manifest in the flesh. All these things, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, priests under the world, priests under the Gentiles, believed on in the world and received up into glory. God was received up into glory? Yeah. He was. In the body of Jesus Christ. He became our high priest. John 8, 54, 58. I've got to hurry up. Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. If it is my Father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he, is our, that he is your God. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him and keep his saying. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. Huh? That's what the Jewish religious people said. And he saw it and was glad. And then then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not fifty years old, and how hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you. There's that here. Listen. Pay attention. Verily, verily. Before Abraham was, I am. What did he tell What did he tell Moses to tell the people? I am that I am sent me. I am. Jesus said to the Jews who understood the I am God, the Shema, Jesus stood right before them and said, Before Abraham was, I am. And that just blew, they blew their minds. It was a small explosion, but it blew their minds.
What did Saul say on the road to Damascus when, when that cloud overshadowed him and all of the people that were with him? Who art thou, Lord? There was nobody there. Nobody there. There was nobody there but Paul and them guys that were with him. And Paul, being a good Pharisee and a good Jew who studied under Gamaliel, he was a smart guy. He would have been like a doctoral student of the Bible, of the, of the history of the Old Testament, right? And so this guy that was on his way to kill some more Christians looks up at this, this bright light in this cloud and says, Who art thou, Lord? Who art thou, Jehovah? Who art thou, Yahweh? Same word, Lord, means the same thing in the New Testament. And what was the answer? I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks, Paul. Jesus was manifesting himself to God in the spirit form. Or to Paul, I mean. And that's how he's going to come to us, folks. He's going to come to you in, in a moment when you're least expecting it in a still small voice and he's going to feed you something. He's going to, you're going to read a scripture one day and, and it's just going to pop in your head and it's just going to, uh, you're just going to say, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I've never seen that. Oh, wow. Thank you, God. That wasn't you. Don't take credit for that. That was, that was him giving you revelation. And somebody told me a long time ago, when that happens, don't just stop there. Take what he just gave you and start writing it down. Study it. Study it out. Make it your own. Because if you just say, oh, well, that's cool, and then you walk away and forget about it, you'll lose that. <laughs> Anybody ever had a thought? <laughs> he said, I'll write that down in a minute. <laughs> and then later you say, damn, I wish I'd have wrote that down right then. <laughs> <laughs> it's inconvenient sometimes, but I have those moments and I literally have to pull off the road and get my phone out and make a note because I know good and well I'm going to forget that. Even though I don't mean to, even though I told myself I won't, I will. So Paul, when that happened, when Ananias came to his house and prayed for him, laid hands on him, what happened? The Bible says that scales, as it were, fell from his eyes. You need to pray that God will, will cause the scales to be... There's not just one set of scales, in my opinion. God, every time he gives you revelation, he's removing more scales that were there. And sometimes I feel like this is just me. I just feel like God gives me revelation when He decides that I'm ready to receive it. Because some people just aren't ready to receive some revelation at the point where they're at. And I believe that God will entrusts us with deeper revelation, deeper things about Him. That He entrusts us because He doesn't want us to go taking the glory. For that. Hallelujah. Last scripture. You can all stand. Philippians 2, 5-11. through 11. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He became obedient unto death. I mean, there's revelation right there. God expects us to be obedient even unto the death of our own self, my own will, my own way, my own thoughts, my own desires. When it should be, what do you want me to do, God? Where do you want me to go? How do you want me to do today? Wherefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Any name that's named. His name's above that. Name of cancer, name above that. Diabetes, his name's above that. 
Just name it. His name's above that. Any name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and of things in earth and of things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Father, we love you tonight. Lord, we thank you for your greatness and goodness and mercy, Lord. And I hope and I pray, Lord, that something that you had me say tonight has been a blessing, has brought understanding, wisdom, knowledge, and revelation to your people, Lord Jesus. Father, I plead your blood over your people. Lord, I bind every devil and every spirit and every demon, Lord Jesus, that would try to steal away from your people what you've given them tonight. Lord, that it would stay in their mind, in their spirit, in their heart, that they would take this from this place and go and chew on it and study it and, and make it real to their own lives. Lord Jesus, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway, that you would light our pathways, light our minds, O oh God. Give us understanding. Take us deeper, Lord Jesus, than you've ever taken us before. We thank you for being the one true God, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, in Jesus' name.